those to join us. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to join me in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're in a series entitled, The Holy Spirit Empowered for Excellence. And truly, the Holy Spirit wants to empower us for excellence. And let me just recap, we talked about last week how Jesus brings salvation into our life. And 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 our access to God, our access into heaven is by Jesus Christ. There's only one name given among men where we must be saved, and that's the name of Jesus. Jesus brings salvation, Jesus and nothing but Jesus. But Jesus said that we needed the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is so that we can live the empowered life. God wants you and I to receive the Holy Spirit, to be empowered, to live for Him effectively. Now, we mentioned last week that every Christ follower has the privilege of being filled with the Holy Spirit. That in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to ask in faith and seek and continue to seek. Additionally, we talk that it is the privilege, it's a gift God gives. God doesn't say earn this, God freely gives the gift. In fact, in first service this morning, there were several people that received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And at the end of this service, we will have an altar moment and I will be inviting people to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But that's what God intends for us. This weekend, I want to talk about the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit. The person and the presence of the Holy Spirit. In the book of Ephesians, it'll come up on on the screen. I don't believe these verses are in the, the app notes today. But let me just reference a couple scriptures that speak to us as Christ followers. Ephesians 3 and 16, here's what the Bible says. And I pray that out of His, God's glorious riches, that you will be strengthened, that He will strengthen you with power through His Spirit. Anytime in the New Testament you see the word Spirit capitalized, capital S, it refers to the Holy Spirit. If it's a small letter S, it refers to the human spirit. I pray that you will be strengthened by His power through the Holy Spirit in your inner being. There it is. In your inner being, God brings His Spirit so we would be strengthened. Many of us, that's where we fail. That's where we struggle, the inner being, our confidence. Our, our, our emotional stamina, the encouragement. Some, some of us are feel so deflated and, and, and so beaten up right now. He wants to strengthen you in your inner person, your emotions, through the Holy Spirit. Verse number 19, so that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Notice that. Christ followers, so you can be filled to all the measure of the fullness of God. What is he saying? It's possible to have less of the Holy Spirit in your life than God intends. Be filled to all the fullness of the measure of God. God wants you to have more of the Holy Spirit than many of us are experiencing. Many of us are, are under-resourced in our heart. And the inner man is where we're filling. Some of us were two quarts low on the Holy Spirit. Yes, you don't have enough joy to get through. In fact, you're already dreading this week. You're dreading the fall, but wait, you dreaded the summer. Back in January, you dreaded the year. In April, you dreaded income tax. You dread everything. Why? Because you always feel drained and depleted in life. And God wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And life is going to place a demand upon our spiritual experience. In your career, and some of us are there, 
Some of us, you were whistling in success in your career, but you have hit us. You've hit a brick wall. And it is such a struggle. You used to love your job, and now you hate your job. Some of us, it's a crisis that's come up. Something you didn't see. You, you just, out of the clear blue, something came in your life and has rocked your world. Some of us, it's our marriage. Yes, you, 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 you got married, and you thought you are going to live happily ever after. And, and it just seems like, You've lost the excitement and the thrill in your marriage. And instead of marriage being something that's energizing you now, it's something that's de-energizing you. Many of us, our life could be a scene in a Star Wars movie. That's right. You know where you're, you're, you're not Star Wars, you're, you're dealing with the, the dark side of the force. And there's always something that's draining you and challenging you. Now some of you, some of you, you didn't grow up watching the first three Star Wars movies. You have seen it since and they killed off Han Solo. But I'm telling you, the first three were the best. They were the anointed ones. Can I tell you? You know, the New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. I mean, those were the real classic. And in those movies, there were, there were three heroines, the three stars. In fact, for those that haven't are not familiar with them. I've got a picture of them on the screen for you to look at. <laughs> this is Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, and Princess Leia. These are the heroines of those first three Star Wars trilogy. But some of us, our life could be a Star Wars movie. What would it? What would be it? What would be its title? No Hope. When the angry spouse strikes back. Home wars? I mean, what would it be? What would it be? Many of us are caught in the thicket in just our home life, and we struggle. We want God's best, but we seem to live below that. We marry because we were swept off our feet, but now we feel like we're swept under the rug. We feel like we're missing something. I was reading an article the other day from a magazine about how to get, how to get love back into your marriage. And there was one in Best, Best Health magazine says there's three ways to get love and romance back in your marriage. And, and then a, another magazine said, well, there's, there's six ways. And another article said there's eight ways. And, and Women's Day had an article that says there's ten ways. And then USA Today says there's 30 ways. Well, I have a book in my library that says there's a thousand and one ways. A thousand and one ways. I guess if the three ways don't work, just keep going until you get to a thousand and one. And it says this is new and expanded. I guess there was a thousand in the last edition and he added one more. And many of us, that's where we feel like we're at. I'm just on this treadmill always doing and doing and doing and I'm never getting there. Here's what I came to tell you today. The Holy Spirit was given to us by God so we could live the maximized life. The maximized life. God does not want you to be depleted. God doesn't want you to be frustrated and angry. God doesn't want you to be on the defense on everything. He intends that you and I live the maximized life. And I want to speak into your heart. There is a moment of excellence about to break out in your life. God's about to give you a season of excellence and an overflowing joy and a new energy and a new hope and a new direction. And it comes from the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit. With that in mind, I invite you to join me. And we're going to look in 1 Corinthians chapter 
number two at some verses here. And if you'll allow me, I'm just going to unpack some thoughts. And this is, this is giving us instruction on how the Holy Spirit works in our life. Let's look at this, verse number 10 and following. These are the things that God has revealed to us by His Spirit. This, this is going to come by the Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. I'm going to add a word here, the unknown. That'll make sense to you in a moment. Hold on to that. The deep things are the unknown things. Verse number 11. Who knows the Spirit, uh, excuse me, who knows a person's thought except his own spirit within them? For example, I don't know if you're, if you're, tired today i don't know if you're having the best day of your life or the worst i don't know no one knows how you feel right now but you that's what the bible says i get that but listen to the next phrase in the same way no one knows the thoughts of god except the spirit of god no one knows the thoughts of god except the spirit of god like no one knows how you feel right now but except you but no one knows the thoughts of god except the Spirit of God. So we need to be in communication with the Holy Spirit. Verse number 12, it goes on to say, What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Now this, this maximized life that the Holy Spirit understands, that God speaks and God's Spirit understands, if we can connect with Him, we'll understand it. He freely gives it. You don't earn it. You don't merit it. He freely gives it. Verse number 13. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom. You don't Google this. You're not going to go to a work seminar. You're not going to buy a book at Barnes & Noble or on Amazon that's going to teach this to you. This is not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. Isn't that interesting? Words taught by by the by the spirit explaining spiritual realities with spiritual taught words there is a language in the spirit that helps us uncover spiritual realities verse number 14 the person without the spirit does not accept them these things that come from the spirit of god they they consider them foolishness they cannot understand them. why because they are discerned only through the spirit you will only understand the maximized life you can only get into the maximized life you can only access the thing god's freely and graciously extended to you through the holy spirit that's why god wants every one of us to be filled with the holy spirit in the 1950s there was a self-help technique that was developed in psychology. It's been popularized and used in the last 70-plus years. It's called the Jahari Window. Now, they think they discovered it back in the 1950s, but I'm going to tell you, it's been in the Bible all along. It's a pathway, and in the Jahari Window, it identifies four different aspects, if you please, stages of our life. And I want to unpack them for you. And these are in the Bible. And they didn't discover it. They only, they, they didn't invent it. They only discovered what God had already revealed. And in the Jahari window, which is in the Bible, there are four levels of your life. And every one of us are in at least three of these levels. But the Holy Spirit wants to take us into the fourth level. 
The first one is called the open self. The open self. This is the person that I know that I am. And this is the person that you know that I am. This is the, this, if, if I was to ask a friend or coworker or a spouse, describe your spouse, describe your friend. They say, oh, they're like this, they're like this, they're like this. And you say, yeah, that's right, that's who I am. That's called the open self, the person you know you are and the person other people know that you are. For example, myself, my open self is I enjoy my grandkids. People ask me, what, are your, what is your hobby? And right now, my hobby is my grandkids. I love hanging out with my grandkids. I love having a good cup of coffee. I love having a good book. Sitting down with a cup of coffee and a book is relaxing to me. I unplug from life. I'm an outgoing person. I'm an extrovert. I don't, I don't meet strangers. I, I can talk to anyone. I don't have any aversion walking up to people and just talking with them. That's just who I am. You know that. You probably see that from my personality just by coming to the services and hearing me speak or knowing me or seeing me in the halls, lobbies, or out in the community. What, that's just who I am. For example, here recently, Denise sent me to HEB. She said, go get these items for me. So I was going to H-E-B. I don't know where the items are at, and I'm trying to find them. I actually found somebody from the church that was going, and I said, where are these things at? She said, go here and go here. Well, I grabbed all the, grabbed all the items, and then I took the card, and I was going to the checkout. Well, right in front of me was another lady that attends the church. Right behind me was another lady that attended the church. So she said, hi, pastor. I said, well, hi, how are you doing? I went over and hugged her. And the lady said, well, I go to the church. I said, come over. And this other lady, she kind of got in the conversation. She was in the next register. I went over and hugged her. She said, I don't go to your church. I don't know you. I said, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. She was, I just was going to hug everybody, okay? That's just who I am. I mean, that's just who I am. Denise knows that. People know that. I'm just that. That's what's called the open self it's the self it's the person that you know you are it's how you would describe yourself and it's what other people would describe you but there is another aspect of our life and that is called the hidden self the hidden self that's the person you know you are but nobody else knows that you are because you hide that this is where the secret struggles and the hidden hurts of our life are. This is the person that when they're dating, they, they tell the person what they're like, but there's always things about them and secrets about them they never tell. That's your hidden area. Your hidden area is how you feel about things. And we ask you, how are you doing? And you say, fine. But inside you're hurt, you're angry, you're broken, and you don't tell anyone. You keep the secret on the inside. This is the person that may be in midlife or whatever, but they remember back when they were a teenager or in their early 20s, they had an abortion and they didn't tell anyone. They don't want anyone to know about that. And they carry that in their spirit. And every year when that day comes by, you're in the office and you're in your workplace and it's a sad day for you. You don't tell anyone. It's the hidden area of your heart. People ask you on the day, what's wrong? You're not feeling good. You say, that's right. I don't think I slept good last night or maybe I have a headache. But in the secret chambers of your life, it's that hidden area. You know it, but other people don't know it. This is the functional alcoholic. 
This is the person that goes to work, does a good job. Their productivity is good. They get promotions. They get raises. But they go home. And the moment they hit home, they begin to pop the tabs on the beers and drink and drink and drink. Way on into the night, then they're inebriated, sprawled out on the couch or the bed. But they can get up in the morning and go on. No one knows about it. It's a secret area. It's the person who, when they were small a kid or early teen they were molested in the home they didn't tell anyone they were ashamed it was a secret that they afraid if they revealed it would cause problems in the family they don't know who to go to and they've harbored it and there are feelings about that person and about that family that they carried for so long the secret areas the things that are inside of us that we hide that we don't tell others about it's the person that when they're invited to go out they say no i'm busy i've i've got so much to do but in reality it's the fear of rejection so they never accept the invitation they're afraid somebody won't like them or somebody won't or somebody will reject them and every one of us every one of us we have a hidden self it's the person that you don't tell others about it's the secret you've never told your spouse it's the lie you've told over and over again to cover up that secret hurt that secret wound in your spirit all of us have a secret area and God's solution for the secret area God's solution for the hidden self is confession and repentance throughout scripture God teaches this in fact in the book of first John it says if we will take that secret area to God and in confession and repentance and we'll say God here it is God I give it to you here's what the Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive us of all sin Yes, if you did something wrong, he will forgive you of all sin. But if somebody wronged you, there's one more phrase in that verse. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Unrighteousness that was dealt to you. The wound, the scar, the molestation, the rape, the experience, the wound that happened in your heart. Can I tell you, he can cleanse you from that. He can take that out of the hidden area of your life. God wants to minister to our hidden self but there's another area there's yet another one and this is the the blind self the blind self this is this is the area that other people see in us but we don't see ourselves we often call it our blind spot oh i don't say i don't have objectivity i excuse it i give reasons i i reclassify it Maybe it's your spouse saying, you know what, how you talk to the kids. You're driving them away and you say, no, I'm not driving. I'm just wanting the best for them. And you give an excuse and you cover it up. You're harsh. You're, you're caustic. You're cold. You're critical. But you say, I just want the best. I just, I just want to bring them up in what is right. Other people see it in us. We just don't see it in ourselves. It's our it's our blind self every one of us every one of us have a blind self every one of us have an area we excuse we say oh no because we know our motivation we know our intent our intent was not to hurt them our intent was not to be cold toward them our intent was not to be difficult our intent was not to be caustic towards them our intent was not to be removed but because we had the right intent we don't always see what we actually are and that's in our 
our blind self. What does the Bible tell us to do with our blind self? Well, Galatians chapter 6 says this. If you see a brother or sister in Christ and they have a fault, let me use this word, they have a blind self. They have a fault. There's a fault you see they don't see. I'm to go to them and I'm going to try to restore them. I'm there to say, I need to tell you, you don't see it. It's hurting you. It's, it's the reason why you can't hold a job. It's the reason why there's distance in your relationship. It's the reason why you, you, you can't live for God in a consistent fashion. And we're to tell them and show them to try to restore them. Jesus told us in the blind self, he said in Matthew 18, verse 15 and following, if you see a brother or sister that has an offense, I use my word again, that has a blind spot, a blind self, you're to go to them. Jesus says try to reconcile it with them. And if they don't hear you, go and bring two or three other believers. We call that an intervention. Intervene on it. Bring other family members and circle them and say, this, listen, this is occurring. This is hurting you. This is wounding you. This is a destructive pattern. You don't see it. It's in your blind spot. Every one of us, we have that blind self area in our life. We all have it. And what are we to do? Honesty. If we will just receive counsel and honesty, God says that he will help us and remove the blind area. Every one of us, self-included, I have, an, I have an open self. I know who I am and others say it. But every one of us, self-included, I have a hidden area, a hidden self. There's things that we don't want others to see about us. Every one of us, we have that, that blind self. Others see it. We can't see it. We, we don't realize it. Not that we're trying to. We just don't have the objectivity to see it. That's why we need our spouses and friends and family in the body of Christ, the blessing of being in a, in, a, in a life group, they are able to speak into us. But there's one more area. There's one more area. And that's the unknown self. The unknown self. This is the self that you don't see and others don't see. This is the, this is the hidden potential in every one of us. The Jahari window says everybody has a hidden potential. Oh no, God's word says that. There is potential in everyone. People don't see it and sometimes we don't see it. And God is wanting to bring that out. God is wanting to cultivate that in us all the time. It's what I call spiritual deja vu. Spiritual deja vu. It's the person that you see and feel in your prayers and your dreams. In your prayers and your dreams, you see yourself in a wonderful, thriving marriage. In your prayers and your dream, you saw yourself being the best parent to being a godly man, a godly influence to your kids. You see that in your prayers and your dream. However, it's not a reality right now. It's the person that you, you, wanted, to, you wanted to be an entrepreneur and launch a business, but... You've settled for so much less. Every one of us have an unknown self. An unknown self we have not realized. We have not fully maximized. And God says, I've given you the Holy Spirit so that you can, you can move in your unknown self. You won't get there by yourself. 
the Holy Spirit will have to lead you. Because no one knows the mind of God except the Spirit of God. You sense that unknown self in your prayers. You sense it in your dreams. Isn't it interesting? There's actually a language for the unknown self. And it's called an unknown language and referenced in the New Testament. That when we pray in the Spirit, we move. God is ushering us and God is taking us into that unknown area. What does the Bible say about it? The secret place, the deep things of God, the unknown things of God. It's only revealed by the Spirit. You can't Google this. There's no psychologist that can uncover it. They can tell you about your emotions, but a psychologist cannot reveal your spirit. That's with God and the Holy Spirit. He's the master of that. He knows the mind of God. He knows how you could be and you should be. And some of us are saying, but I made a mistake. I'm going to ask you, where do you want to live? Do you want to live in the, the past pain of the hidden self? Do you want to live in the present problem? of the blind self or do you want to step into the promise of the unknown self of what God can and what God will do in your life verse number 13 gives us great insight on this in the scripture it says what we speak is not words taught by human wisdom you're not going to learn it anywhere else the Holy Spirit's going to have to do this explaining spiritual realities explaining spiritual realities and some of us our present reality doesn't match God's spiritual reality but in your spiritual deja vu moment it feels different when you begin to pray about your family you see your family different when you begin to pray about your marriage you see your marriage different. when you begin to pray about your heart and your life you see it different but your reality doesn't match your spiritual reality how do you get there The Bible says the Spirit of God explains it to us. What does that mean, explain it? What does that mean, explain? The word in the original literally means to make it fit. To make it fit. It's like when you go to a store and you're going to do shopping. You pick out a medium, you're probably a large, but you'll take the extra large just ensure. You go to the closet and you try them on to see which one and you step out and you look in the mirror and maybe your spouse or a friend and you say, that one fits. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Don't be somebody else. But God has a tailor-made life for you. A maximized life for you. And your divorce has not disqualified you from it. The fact that you're, you're stepping into it in your 40s does not disqualify you from it. The fact that maybe you have never tracked with God to this point has not disqualified you for it. The Holy Spirit steps into our life and He works so faithfully and diligently so every one of us can experience the maximized life. It was Soren Kierkegaard said, by the help of God, I will become myself. I like that. By the help of God, I will become that unknown self. There's a self that you have never discovered. Oh, you see it in your dreams. You feel it in your prayers. There's something inside of your spirit. It's not in your present reality, but it is in God's spiritual reality. And some of us, we have God without having Him. Yes, we have God without having Him. We, we, we talk God, but we, we come to church. 
we, we read the Bible occasionally. But we spend all of our life in the hidden and the blind area. And we're upset. God, why don't you, why don't you take my past pain away? And God, why don't, you, why don't you get people off of my back? They're always telling me I'm this and this and this. And they don't know the real me. And the issue is, you'll never become the person God fully designed you to be and wants you to be unless you're full of the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want to give you an invitation to today is to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to walk and become the person God intended you to be. I've told you before in my testimony when I was a teenager, preteen years, I was, a, I was an angry young man. I, 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 I did things with with intention and you say uh, wh- wh- why were you so angry during that say well why were you so upset why why were you so rebellious and so me I, I can't explain it to you it was in my blind spot area but I, I I I just struggled and I remember when I was filled with the Holy Spirit at age number 15 I literally became a different person family brothers will tell you gem change what happened is God took the energy and God took the unmet need and the frustration in my hidden area and my blind area and God took me into an unknown area and he turned that anger into passion for God and instead of going against people and against my parents then all of a sudden I had a goal and I have chased God ever since then some age 15 I have just passionately sought after God and it transformed my life the Holy Spirit can and will take us into our unknown self it's the person you want to be but you can never be without the being filled with the Holy Spirit so right now, we're going to move into an altar. Don't you sense God's presence? I just sense a sweetness in the Spirit. I want you to put your, your electronic device down. I want you to put your print Bible down. And now I want to invite you to stand together with me right now across the auditorium. As you stand right now, it will help you. I'm going to guide you into being filled with the Holy Spirit. It will help if you'll just close your eyes. Now, balcony, main floor. It helps you block out others around. Just, 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 let, just let your pastor guide you in this for a moment. Holy Spirit wants to fill people. Yes, Holy Spirit, you're in this room now. He's in this room right now. He's been speaking to some people all through this message. Some of you feel like I've read your mail. Some, some of you feel like I've been reading your mind. No, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit or refilled with the Holy Spirit, you feel like you're, you're caught in the hidden area and the blind area. But there is something inside of you, that unknown area. You know it's there. You sense it. You, at times it, it, it emerges and then somehow you get discouraged and 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 in despair and you give up and you go back being the old you but you say pastor i know it i can be different i want to be different i've just never known how to get there because i cannot do it in myself and that's right you need the infilling of the holy spirit 
the Holy Spirit can do it. He reveals. He searches the heart. I don't do it. And at Westover, we don't push it on you, and we're not going to push you down. But I'm going to invite you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if that's you, you sense I'm in, Pastor, I'm in my hidden area, in my blind area. But I so, I so want to move in that unknown area. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If that is you, and I believe there are many in this room, I want you without hesitation. I don't want you to wait and see if somebody else can. I want you without hesitation to come forward right now and stand on this altar with me. We're going to just guide you into a moment of receiving the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You come. You come. You come. You just join me right now. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh hallelujah. 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 Yes, you come. You come. If I could have everyone that came into the altar, your eyes for just a moment, and people in the balcony, your heart is responding. It's like your heart is here. You're in the balcony, but you feel like your heart is here. You're saying, that's me. For just a moment, let me tell you. The Holy Spirit is a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift. We don't earn it. God, God's not holding it away from us. God's not saying if and if and if and if. God is saying, will you ask? And you're walking down and your heart responding in the balcony. You've asked God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And he wants to do it. He's going to give the gift. You ask him, he's going to give the gift. The baptism, the infilling of the Holy Spirit is an expression of our worship. In just a moment, we're going to begin to worship. And I'm going to invite you to worship in English, Spanish, whatever language is most comfortable for you. Then all of a sudden, I'm going to say, receive the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to invite you to not pray and worship in English or Spanish, just to begin to worship in the Spirit. Let me tell you, first service, first service, there was a lady filled right over here. There was a lady filled here. There was a man filled here. There was a man filled. As I began to pray with them and just say, oh, they, they were there. They were ready to receive it. Just then stop in English. And then all of a sudden I watched and the fluency of the Holy Spirit flowed through them. This is not a language taught to you by anywhere else. God's not going to come in and zap you. Here's what God wants to do. God wants you to gently respond and surrender. And God's going to teach us to let go. And fellas, guys, I think it's harder for us than it is for him. It's just hard for us, guys, because we, we, we've, been, we've been raised to control everything and be in control of stuff. That, that's, that, that's how we have survived. And then we get to the Spirit and, and to let go and let God have control. That is, that's an uncomfortable area for some of us. Fellas, I'm going to invite you at this moment to let God take control. So right now, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And just begin to worship verbally. Just begin to verbally offer your worship unto the Lord. Speak it out. Just speak it out in English or Spanish. It doesn't have to sound like mine. It doesn't have to be as loud as mine. Don't let anybody tell you you have to hit so many decibels. No, you just verbally begin to love God. Don't ask for anything. Don't, don't pray about tomorrow's work or schedule or school or, or what has. Don't, 
began to worship. Just began to move and worship right now. I'm going to ask the Westover church family where you're out there, if you're spirit-filled, would you begin to just worship in the spirit? Just begin to worship in your prayer language, balcony and main floor. It's not out of order. We're a spirit-filled church. Just to begin to worship. Begin to worship in the spirit. Oh God, we love you. Yes, just begin to do it. Don't worry about anyone else. No one's watching you. No, no one's, no one's scrutinizing you. Just begin to worship. Begin to, begin to just get comfortable in worship right now. Verbalize it. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is not a mental thing. So you can't meditate yourself into the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Begin to pray. Just begin to worship verbally. It, it doesn't have to be loud, but just express yourself. Oh God, oh God, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Join me, Westover family. Would you just fill this house with worship? Help me, help me, Westover family. Let's just, let's create the presence of God in here with our worship. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, God. I love you, Lord, I love you, Lord, I love you. In the balcony, just begin to worship. It's all right to worship in tongues. It's all right to do that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're worshiping now. You're worshiping. You're in the spirit now. You're just, you're, you're meditating on the Lord. Now here's what I want you to do. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to continue to worship God. But don't do it in the English and Spanish. Now receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Don't force it. Don't invent. Don't manufacture. Just let it flow out. Hallelujah, hallelujah, all across the Westover family. Let's, let's just feel this with spiritual intercession in the Spirit, would you? Hallelujah, God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Spirit of God, begin to sweep over your people. Just begin to sweep over your people. Let the, let the Spirit of God just begin to take over their worship. Oh God, oh God, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I'm going to invite the worship team to just guide us into worship. Move from worship in English and Spanish and begin to worship in the Spirit. Would you do that?
To be. Your- 
wonderful to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. All across the front, God filled you with the Holy Spirit. 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 God God filled you with the Holy Spirit. God filled you with the Holy Spirit. I heard you speak in another tongue. I heard I I watched it break forth in their spirit. Oh good. The Lord is so good. And the benefit of praying in the Spirit, I'll talk about it Friday night, is that's the one language the devil doesn't know. That's the one language the devil doesn't know. I, I want to thank you, balcony and main floor. I'm sure many of you were filled up there. There was a, just a wonderful presence, a sweetness of the Lord's presence right here in this altar. And what a privilege it is as a pastor to guide you into a spirit-filled experience. I'm speaking on the Holy Spirit all month long. 
I'll be speaking on it next, next week as well. We're just going to enjoy how God fills our life. I want to go in the unknown area. How about you? I want to go in that area that God says He's freely given. And in that area are the deep things of the Lord. Well, God bless you. You can consider yourselves dismissed. Go in the goodness and the fullness of the Lord this morning. Bless you.